Queen Elizabeth II has died peacefully at Balmoral Castle this afternoon. The king and the queen consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. The royal family has just announced that Queen Elizabeth II, at the age of 96, has passed away peacefully this afternoon in Balmoral Castle in Scotland. Just two days ago, she swore in the new Prime Minister of England, and now Buckingham Palace and the royal family has released a statement that the Queen has died peacefully this afternoon. Seventy years she remained, she reigned over the Commonwealth as a towering figure of dignity and respect. Prince Charles and his wife Camilla are now known as the Queen, the King and the Queen Consort. And they will remain at Balmoral and return to London tomorrow. Let us now go to our colleague John Moore, who has an obituary honoring Queen Elizabeth II, who died peacefully today in Scotland. It is with great pleasure that I welcome you all here this evening. She was born to be a queen just not as soon as she and her family may have thought. Queen Elizabeth was third in line to the throne when she was born in 1926. A romantic fluke in history accelerated her accession. In 1937, her uncle, the king, abdicated the throne to marry the woman he loved. His brother, a retiring man with a stutter, became the king, and an 11-year-old Elizabeth became the heir apparent. Her Royal Highness, Princess Elizabeth. In wishing you all good evening, I feel that I am speaking to friends and companions. Unlike most royal marriages, hers was actually a love match. She fell madly for a handsome Greek prince named Philip, a man with a title but not a country. They married in 1947. In 1952, her father, already in poor health, accompanied the couple to the airport to send them off on a world tour. He would go home and die. This is London. The king passed peacefully away in his sleep earlier this morning. She had left England. A princess would return dressed in black, a queen. And she puts on the great golden mantle, the imperial robe. With majesty and with power from on high. It's hard to overstate how much the notion of royalty and the rule of the British royals has changed during her reign, the longest of any crowned head in modern history. The Queen came to power in an age where royals had little contact with regular people, where divorced people couldn't be presented at court, and when a royal would never do an interview. I keep a diary, but it's not really a diary like Queen Victoria's, you know, or as, as detailed as that. It's, it's, it's quite small. Today, the Queen's two grandsons are married to commoners, and all but two of her children are divorced and remarried. The Queen has endured many trials, the disastrous marriage of Charles and Diana, Diana's death, Harry and Meghan quitting what is often called the firm, Windsor Castle burned, she's been shot at, she woke up to a man sitting on the end of her bed, 
She buried her father, her sister, her mother, and last year sat alone in a chapel at the funeral of her husband of 73 years. The impact of the environment on human progress was a subject close to the heart of my dear late husband, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. Queen Elizabeth is a through line of 20th century history. She served in the Second World War and knew every post-war Canadian Prime Minister but one. Thank you, Mr. Prime Minister of Canada, for making me feel so old. (laughs) Privately, she's always been said to be playfully funny, often putting people at ease with a quick line, signaling to her staff that she's done with a meeting by moving her purse. Through it all, she's embodied virtues that many now see as old-fashioned. Duty, service, discretion, stoicism. Queen Elizabeth was a link from a time when people still remembered the reign of Queen Victoria to an era where the royals are on the front pages of Us magazine and settling with sex scandal victims. Her death is the end of an era that may have actually started to end some time ago. Your Majesty, Mummy. resounding cheers for Her Majesty the Queen. Hip, hip! Hip, hip! Hip, hip! John Moore, a tribute to Queen Elizabeth. The news just breaking minutes ago that Queen Elizabeth II passed away peacefully at her favorite place, Balmoral Castle in Scotland, 1926 to 19 to 2022, 96 years, 70 years of reign. The Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, will be speaking in about half an hour to make a statement. Statements will pour in from around the world. She has been Canada's monarch for 70 years. And of course, there are going to be a chain of events from stamps to currency that will have to change as the new king, Charles, ascends to the throne right now. In fact, I should tell you that there literally is a plan called Operation London Bridge that Buckingham Palace now has put into effect where the Member countries of the Commonwealth are informed about what has happened. The Governor General probably knew a little while ago, as we we imagine the Prime Minister did. That's why he cancelled his appearance. And the Governor General will issue a proclamation. We know very soon. Then, so we'll hear from Mary Simon's office, the Canadian Governor General. There will be days of mourning. I'm looking out the window here, uh, and in minutes, the um, flag over Parliament and all flags at federal buildings will go to half-mast. And it has been 70 years since the death of of a monarch, but this is going to be remarkable. Um, There'll be condolences books. Um, The prime minister will likely, and and, and so will the the premiers, will be suspending their their legislative assemblies for some time. We don't know. It doesn't necessarily cancel the sessions, but they will be suspended for a while, and, and some kind of a 
you know, obviously uh, Parliament's not back yet here federally, but certainly in the provinces. Um, and then there will be lots of changes. Portraits of the Queen over time will will be replaced with portraits of the King. And uh, the $20 bill where Queen Elizabeth is featured on will eventually be replaced. Not immediately, obviously. The currency is still valid. And then, of course, there will be a funeral and um, Canada's representative, our High Commissioner, Ralph Goodell, in London, the Prime Minister, many ministers will be there, former Prime Ministers, former Governor Generals, um, will be there. And it's a solemn moment. It's a moment of great sadness, not because it's tragic that she lived an extraordinarily long and healthy life, a life of service right to the end where she swore in the last UK prime minister two days ago. She was committed to her duties literally to the very end until her passing. It is not tragedy, but it is sadness. It is not tragedy, but it is transformation that is very painful. She was, and it's hard to believe we're already using the past tense, a remarkable, unprecedented person. And as John Moore talked about, at the age of 96, after 70 years, she's lived her life in the public. And and you have to appreciate that when she was born on April 21st, 1926, at 17 Brutton Street in London, 1926. What a different world that was. The First World War was just in the rearview mirror. The Roaring Twenties were on and the Great Depression was nigh, just about to happen. The Second World War was not yet done. It was a totally different world. When she was christened at a private chapel in Buckingham Palace. And then, of course, I mean, these are things that my parents or grandparents would know about. It seemed like ancient history when Edward VIII, her uncle, abdicated because he fell in love with Wallace Simpson on December 11th, 1936. It it roiled the world. Shook the foundations of the monarchy, and I'm going to talk about the foundations of the monarchy. And then Queen Elizabeth, well, then Elizabeth's father, George VI, becomes the king. You've all seen the king's speech, the movie that talked about how he overcame his stutter, and the 10-year-old Queen Elizabeth suddenly was in line next to be queen. She marries Philip Mountbatten. In 1947, they have four children, Charles, Anne, Andrew, and Edward. It was just a year ago, April 2021, that Philip died at the age of 99. But soon, her own father passes in 1952. And she was on a royal tour in Kenya then. And she becomes crowned in 1953 in Westminster Abbey the first televised coronation, and that is Queen Elizabeth. She becomes Queen Elizabeth in a new world, 1953, the world of the Cold War, 
a world dominated by Stalin and Mao and, and, and these traumatic figures. Churchill still ruled. Can you imagine? And yet here we are in 2022, 15 prime ministers later, 14 U.S. presidents later, and in a peaceful afternoon in her favorite place in Scotland, surrounded by her family, Queen Elizabeth II passes away. And when she ascended to the throne, she ascended on the foundations of the monarchy. A young woman of 21. And she stood on the foundation of the monarchy. And the foundations of the monarchy celebrated and supported her. But by 70 years and the modern age ripping those foundations, it is the monarchy that now stands on the foundations of Queen Elizabeth II. It is the monarchy's foundations that are built upon her. And without her, those foundations become significantly more precarious. And in a modern age where people have doubts about all institutions, questions about can Charles and then William sustain the dignity and the relevancy of the monarchy will be asked, and they're real. Because she went from standing on the foundations of the monarchy to being the foundation of the monarchy. And there is no doubt about it. And whether you are in the 15 realms of the Commonwealth, like Canada and the UK and Australia and New Zealand, and, or maybe you're in one of the Caribbean islands, Jamaica or Antigua or Grenada or Belize or the Bahamas, or maybe you're in St. Lucia or St. Vincent or the Grenadines, or maybe you're out in Papua New Guinea or the Solomon Islands or St. Kitts or Nevis. Today is a monumental day. But there'll be questions. What is the future of the monarchy? I want to bring on Corrine Hall, an historian, a broadcaster, and consultant specializing in royal history. She is in the UK. Um, Corrine, um, what, what a monumental moment. Uh, put, it, put it into some perspective for mm -hmm. us. The moment that the kingdom the, heard the Commonwealth heard that Queen Elizabeth II had passed. Well, we just had a statement on the BBC read out from Buckingham Palace to say that the Queen died peacefully this afternoon. And uh, nobody was really expecting this. I mean, she looked frail on Tuesday when she uh, greeted the new incoming Prime Minister. And then yesterday, it was announced that she'd uh, postponed a meeting of the Privy Council, which is an important meeting. So that sort of rang alarm bells. And then this morning, we heard that Prince Charles had cancelled a meeting in Scotland and had gone to Balmoral. So that rang more alarm bells. And then nothing until lunchtime when they said that the Queen was under medical supervision. Nobody really saw it coming. We thought she was frail, but not this, you know. It's a terrible shock to everybody. 
terrible shock. It is Everybody a shock. Pieces. Yeah. Everybody I mean, I mean, pieces. it's not a shock in the sense that she was 96, but it, what, what is, and this is a testament to her, her wondrous resiliency and dignity that oh, even yeah. at Balmoral, she swore in the new prime minister, Liz Trust, and everyone thought, well, you know, she's of course 96, she might be frail, but my goodness, she's um, ineffable, and yet, yeah, today. We, we didn't see it coming, as I said, you know, we thought it would be a sort of gentle downhill thing, and everybody, you know, there'd be concerns about the health, and it would go on and on and on and on, and then, you know, we'd get some sort of warning. But, you know, there was no warning. The only thing I noticed, there were pictures of members of the royal family arriving at Balmoral, and there was a close-up of the Earl and Countess of Wessex in the back of the car. And I looked at the Countess's eyes, and Sophie looked really distraught. And Mm. that made me wonder, that was this afternoon. And by the sound of it, by the time they arrived at Balmoral, the Queen had already died, I should think. But um, I don't know. But that... That did ring bells with me. She did look distraught, but yeah. you know, we just didn't see it. We thought, you know, that it would perhaps drag on a bit, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, this is it, and we have we now have a king. We now have a king. Uh, yeah. Here we are in, in 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 Ottawa here in Canada on the Eastern Time at one fifty one, and and I only say that because it's a new era, and I think it's a new era not just because we, there's a new king, but as I said, she began her reign standing on the foundations of the monarchy, and I think the monarchy stands on the foundations of Queen Elizabeth II. She's a, she's, she's a remarkable person. Um, t- give us a sense of, of her resonance there and how this resonates um, with you as I speak to Corrine Hall, historian, broadcaster, and, and, and specialist in royal history. I think she's going to be a very difficult act to follow, I mean, I know Charles has been trained for this all his life, and he's now king. But I think the Queen, having reigned for 70 years, it's going to be very difficult. Most people have known nobody else. She has always been there, this symbol of continuity, of stability, of service, of duty. And there's been her the whole time. Whenever anything's happened, a pandemic, any disaster, anything, there's always been the Queen. And now I think people are going to be very much at sea for a while. It's going to be very, very difficult to get used to someone else. What, what are we expected to see now? Uh, we know, we had an idea, Corinne, about 45 minutes ago, our prime minister was set to give an economic announcement. He canceled it. Uh, there had been reports around his cabinet that people were already uh, wearing black bands. We know uh, other countries will find out. So we, we assume something terrible was in the offing here. What will we see now in terms of, what are we expected to see in terms of announcements from Buckingham Palace? I know uh, the new King Charles will go back, say, the night at Balmoral and return to Buckingham Palace tomorrow. What will we expect to see in terms of a funeral and, and how, how she will be both uh, be mourned and celebrated? Well, the first thing that happens is that Charles will go back, as you say, to London. And at St. James's Palace, he will be proclaimed king, and there will be an accession council where he is formally proclaimed king as well. As regards the funeral, it'll probably be the biggest state funeral you've ever seen. I can't imagine it will be anything less. The um, plans have been in place for a number of years, as you can imagine. Rehearsals have been going on for years and years and years, very early in the morning, as you can imagine. Nothing goes unplanned in this country. And I think it will be the biggest event you have ever, ever seen in your life because the Queen was so well respected by everybody around the world. She was probably the most famous figure on the planet. So, 
you know, it's not going to go unnoticed. There will be a, a lying in state, I would imagine, at Westminster Hall or somewhere like that. And people will flock to London to file past the coffin, like they did with the Queen Mother. Then there'll be a parade through London, and then they will go by train to Windsor, and she'll be buried by Prince Philip in St. George's Chapel. Maybe not only the most famous, but possibly the most beloved figure in the planet right now. Um, yes, yes. Can, can I, you know, what's remarkable, um, Corinne, there's emotion in your voice. Um, and one of the remarkable things about um, Queen Elizabeth is how she was so personally, people felt very close to her personally, as if it's yes. a member of their family, not just their queen. Yes, that's right. She was like the nation's grandmother, in effect. I suppose that's it, really. A lot of people have been saying that she, she's like the nation's grandmother because she was always there. As I said, when there was a disaster, when the pandemic hit, you know, she gave that famous speech, we will meet again, you know, everything's going to be all right sort of thing. And, you know, people loved her and they trusted her. And as I said, we're all in, absolutely in pieces. You're in pieces. Do you, did yeah. you ever get a chance to meet her? I mean, I had an opportunity. No, I didn't, I didn't meet the Queen. I met the Queen Mother, but not the Queen. She was. I actually had the last private audience given by the Queen Mother. You did. That's, that's another story. Yeah, I never actually met the Queen. No. Uh, I mean, she also had a remarkably long life. The wonderful Queen Mother, as did uh, yes, Prince Philip, right. of course. Uh, the, the royal consort at ninety-nine. He just passed yeah. in April. I mean, long-lived family. Long-lived family, but but I guess the question is. No, it's too early to say, and, and we're speculating now because we're still in the grip of the raw emotion of all this. But, but Corrine, the, the question is, I think this will be more than just the mourning of a loss of a person. This, and an era, you yes. wonder about the resiliency of the monarchy itself after her. It, it is the end of an era, definitely. And as I said, she's going to be a very difficult act to follow. And people have got to get used to a new monarch. That's going to be difficult. Everyone has new titles. Prince William eventually will be proclaimed Prince of Wales. And Kate will be the Princess of Wales, that sort of thing. So it's sort of all changed. The hierarchy changes. Um, it's all going to be different. And it's very difficult to get to grips with it at the moment. But that's what's going to happen over a, a period. You know, they, they all change titles and change the pecking order and that sort of thing. It's raining in uh, London right now, raining in Scotland. It's, it's raining here in Hampshire in the south of England. It was bucketing down earlier, and I looked outside and I thought, God, even the weather's crying. Yeah, it, even, even the skies are weeping. And yes. That, yes, that, that pathetic fallacy of the, the, the weather mirroring people's hearts. I mm. imagine the flowers around Buckingham Palace, which we have seen before, Yes, will be will. will be a Mount Everest. Yes, I would imagine the same sort of thing will happen. I can only imagine it will. Yeah, it's a shattering. Was so loved and respected by everybody, you know. Corrine uh, Hall, historian, broadcaster. Thank you um, for spending a few minutes with us. Um, your just just the the personal emotion you feel, I think, is shared by. Uh, tens of millions of people uh, in the Commonwealth and around the world um, for the loss of Queen Elizabeth II. Thank you for yeah. your perspective. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Queen Elizabeth II passed away peacefully at the age of 96. Chris, when we have about a minute left in the program, and, and, and you let me know, we're going to end the program today doing something I never thought we would do. But we are going to play God Save the Queen.
as you are about to embark on the next series of days, weeks, talking about Queen Elizabeth, who passed away um, just minutes ago. We learned the news after 70 years. Long may she reign. We will speak tomorrow. Um, CTV will have specials, as will iHeartRadio, as we mark the passing of a giant, Queen Elizabeth II, and the end of an era. Elizabeth II, the age of 96, passed away today in Scotland as we mark that with just one moment of God Save the Queen. And she deserves that moment, doesn't she? 